The Four Seasons would like to announce that summer is taking an extended leave of absence. Spring, rot, and someone left the freezer door open will continue as scheduled. I'm your host, Sebastian Strange, and this is Somewhere Public Radio. Listeners, I know many of you are troubled by the recent economic instability our town has experienced. How did an amalgamation amass so much wealth? How close were we to financial ruin? I am delighted to be joined today by the Traveler. You know the one. She pursued the currency colossus we now know as the Klunkenax from incorporation to dissolution, and is here to offer her unique insights on the crisis. Thank you for joining us, Traveler. I mean, I mean, you can just call me Max. It's it's fine, Sebastian. You can you can use my name. It's Max. It's, it's fine. Hi, hello, hello. Is this thing on? <clears throat> Pause for laughter. Traveler, Max. I guess. Tell us about the Klunkenax. Well, it was big. Indeed. And it looked like me and Claire and Duncan because we, in our hubris, decided we wanted a trophy that looked like us. And it ate money. But truly, the bigger terror is our dependence on a capitalist economy. So that to me is the more existential threat, but also the screaming fog, as always. As always. The battle at City Hall was quite a showstopper. How did you defeat the terror? Well, I I, I stabbed it with my sword and that seemed to do, um, I don't know how many people were there, but it was a pretty sick move. I did like a little running. Like Jeremy, like did a little toss, and then I like flew over. I realized this is a visual. This is an audio medium, not a visual medium. So I'm trying to paint you a picture. But I like flew and like ah, and I had the sword above my head like ooh, and then I hit it right in the eyeball like. Ksh. I did, in fact, strike the final blow. That was me. It was all me. Gripping and my giant sword. I did that. Truly, a blow for our community. Yes. Some people in the community, however, are saying that you shouldn't really get credit for saving the town since you, Claire, and Duncan are the ones who put it in danger in the first place. How do you respond to these allegations? Those people are wrong. Cutting words, as always, Traveler. Listeners, be sure to tune in to Somewhere Tonight for Duncan Oliver's interview with First Bank of Somewhere financial advisor Eric Bimo on how to keep your money safe. Speaking of Duncan, it's time for a message from our sponsors. Beer, an alcoholic drink made from yeast fermented malt flavored with hops. This is our product at Normal Brewing. Nothing more, nothing less. Do you seek flavor? It is good. Variety, we sell beer. Consistency. Mm. Rest assured that each brew contains the expected malt, hops, yeast, and, most importantly, is at least 90% locally homogenized prosaic water. Come find us on Main Street if you wish to purchase some beer. In other news, the recently escaped municipal fleet appears to have established East Sunset Hills as its new hunting ground. Residents are advised to temporarily evacuate until the fleet can be cleared. This is RSOM Resistance Radio. If anyone can hear this broadcast, the destruction is here. Our timeline has faltered. The traveler is gone. We have lost the echo. Please tune your station to our frequency. We are out of time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I'm Quinn, your GM. With me today are Kyle. (laughs) Hi, I'm Kyle. I play Duncan Oliver the Vox. And going first today. (laughs) 
<laughs> a big surprise to everyone, apparently. Well, alphabetically, I rarely am. I got two middle-of-the-alphabet letters. It's your lucky day, punk. Whoa. Hannah. Bonjour, bonjour. I'm Hannah, and I play Max the Paradox. And Tio. Yup. I'm Tio. <laughs> I play Claire Claremont, the uh-huh. forgotten vessel. Yeah. Yeah. That's yep. me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Listeners, we're doing great tonight. We're, doing we're all great. doing great. We had a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> Max, as you and Elodie get your bearings, having just successfully traveled three hours into the past, you hear the sound of hurried footfalls approaching you. Gitz's, her baby blue trench coat swaying uneasily as she moves, is jogging down the road towards you. Hey, Max. I take it you were able to get the bus working? Before you can answer... You hear another set of footsteps approaching from behind the gas station. Gitzes jogs up again. She looks even shakier, and her trench coat is dusty and scuffed like she tripped and fell along the way. Hey, Max! I take it you were able to get the bus working? The two Gitzes look at one another, deeply confused. Both of them start to static a little bit around the edges like a shaky TV signal. And then the second Gitzes abruptly disappears. Ah, uh, well, Gitzes? Uh, yeah? What was that? Did I just disappear? Uh, Quinn, is that voice coming from the Gitzes in front of me or from the ether? That voice is coming from the Gitzes in front of you. Okay, good. All right, so we are down to... You are down to one Gitzes. One Gitz. Parenthesis, the number one. Parenthesis, number one. Right. Gitzes, parenthesis, number two has disappeared, <laughs> leaving Gitz's parentheses number one in place. Gitz is the first, as in just the numeration of who approached the bus first. Gitz is the first is still there. Uh, Gitz is, why were there two of you? Uh, I don't know. Or was that all of you? You might know. I mean, it looked like me. I think it was me, but also not me. Because, like, it wasn't me. Because I'm me. Does that make any sense? Yes, 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 it does. But, hmm. Gitzes, has there ever been more than one of you? Nope. Definitely not. Quinn, is she lying to me? How would you tell? I can't tell if that if that high-pitched voice is normal or even higher-pitched than normal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did Elodie see any of this? Yeah, Elodie's just kind of like looking at you, exasperated. I look back at her with the same amount of exasperation. <sighs> you saw that, right? There were there were two of them? Yes, Max. Or maybe it was her in like another Max that's her but in the future. It's an anomalous timeline resolution, Max. Where did that gets go? Back to her timeline. Okay. Hmm. Or more accurately, she was always in her timeline, and our prime timeline subsumed her timeline. But there's only one of me, right? Right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, there's only one Max. Yeah, yeah, okay, yep, just one me. Only, only one. I am unique in this world. Just you do see Elodie looks, like, slightly ill, like she might be sick to her stomach. I mean, I noticed, but I continue the reassuring monologue to myself of just one me, one, one max, one max. And I'm like slightly pounding my chest a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) One max, one max, singular max, max premiere, max the first, max the only, I'm the only max, I'm the only max. (laughs) Maximus Prime? Yes, that's it. Yeah. Oh, you don't look so good, Elodie. Yes, the bus was unpleasant. Yeah, do you need like a bucket? Or are you going to be like like sick? Are no, gonna... <sighs> Max, I don't need. <sighs> yep, yep, that, that, that. <sighs> yeah, just sit there looking smug. It's fine. It's fine. Look, I realize that to a worldly traveler like yourself, you probably don't experience it that often. But sometimes when the timeline gets a little funky, yeah, your GI track is going to be fucked up for. And I look at my pocket watch and I go anywhere between 30 minutes and 36 hours. 
If your time distortion lasts for longer than 36 hours. <laughs> go back to the first 36 hours and you'll be fine. You see your pocket watch click forward. Huh. I hold it up to my ear. Is it? I shake it a little bit. Not very hard, just like gently. And I look at it. Is it still going? Uh, huh. That's interesting. That's been broken for a while. Is the time accurate or do I need to reset the time? No, it's definitely not accurate. Okay. <laughs> it's been stopped for a while. Uh, Gitz's, what time is it right now? It's 11.27. Okay, I, I carefully take out the stem far enough so that I can reset it. And then I pop it back in and I carefully wind it until I get to the point where... The springs are offering resistance, so I don't wind it anymore. Which, by the way, I have kept this thing wound regularly. So it's not that it wound down and I didn't wind it and that's why it didn't work. Okay, I want to be very clear. Max takes care of her timepiece and she knows how to wind it properly. So, um, huh, interesting. Well, this feels like a problem or a question to be answered maybe by someone who knows more about watches than I do. Someone who knows more about time watches? Yeah, my watch. My watch is gone. Would you would you look at that? Would you would you look at the time? I hate you so much. Ah? <laughs> uh, ah? Uh? No. Ah? Uh? Yeah, we all felt that wherever we are also. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody takes one one oh. arm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, give me heartburn. <laughs> Uh, this hasn't worked for a while, Elodie. This has been broken since before I got to somewhere. Yeah, I know. So why is it working now, then? Probably because you went back in time. Does that mean it's going to stop working again at some point? Yeah, probably in, like, two hours and 55 minutes. Well, that's a fucking bummer. But I time-traveled. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. the good thing. All right, little watch. I, I tap it gently in an affectionate move, and I tuck it back into my... I've got a vest on that has like the little pocket where you put the pocket watch and so it's tucked in there with like the chain and the, the whole deal. It's a look. It's a look. It's called fashion. Look it up. <laughs> Anything else about the bus that you've discovered, Gitzes? I think you're pretty much up to date. I'm going to look through the data on your most recent trip and see what I can glean. Uh, although I think you're in possibly Elodie's presence is probably what did the trick. But hey, you never know, right? Yes, you truly never know. Yeah, yeah, it's probably because of Elodie. Mm. Well, we beat the Clunkanax, so isn't that great news, Elodie? Yeah, good job. Yeah, yeah, it gets us. Yeah, we beat it. We restored the economy, and nothing bad happened. Yes, nothing bad. Nope, nothing bad. A important and requisite step. Good job. <laughs> yep, nothing bad happened. Definitely did not cause any kind of trouble that will arise at an inopportune time down the road. Definitely Or not. sometime in the past. I don't know. You know, it's fine. We did a good job. You should be very proud of us. Yes, great. I am feeling unwell at this moment, so I am going to uh, take my leave. Remember, over 36 hours and we gotta call you a doctor. Yes, the time doctor. The, the time. I'll call one right away. Beep, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> yes, hello, time doctor. I just walk away. Help, I have an upset time tummy. I just I just leave. I just leave. And we see Gets is standing there, and you and Elodie turn and walk opposite directions. <laughs> and Gets is kind of shrugs and then turns and goes back to the bus. Yep, yep. <laughs> Let's jump to Duncan. All right. Duncan. You are at the station, having just opened the package that Stafford left for you. Inside was the jar that had been used to hold the screaming fog at Somewhere Elementary, though it's empty now, along with a short note from Stafford explaining that the vessel was made by the bureaucracy. You are in your studio den, fort, area, and you have the jar in hand. Hmm. Why would the bureaucracy be making a vial to contain screaming fog? I don't know. Hmm. I don't suppose I have any chemistry equipment in my funky little radio lab, do I? Maybe I do. 
Do you think you have chemistry equipment mm. at the station? Mm. <laughs> Why would you have chemistry? Why would I have truth. Why would I have? Let's see. Can I make up? I don't know. This feels very Duncan to me to have like a <laughs> yeah. micro-scientist kit in his bag. <laughs> yeah. It's got like... I have baking soda and vinegar, and I call that my chemistry kit. This feels like a call for aid role for me. <laughs> Well, hold on. Do you have a partnership with like the with like a science, a kids science show and they've sent you some packets? No, what I have is every week Charles comes on the show and he's the chemist. He's like a back alley chemist, but he comes on to run his like char- chemistry with Charles. Chucky's chemist, chem Chuck. No, hmm. TBD uh, <laughs> to run like a weekly chemistry show but it's on radio, so he like does these elaborate experiments, but we have to try to describe them as they happen, and there's just inane sound effects happening in the background. So maybe there's leftover stuff from that, but I wouldn't call it a chemistry kit. I'd call okay. it I sure. I'd call <laughs> it maybe exploded vessels. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's some random things, yeah. Yeah, to do any sort of real analysis of this vial, I think I'd need to go find some help. Who with? Hmm... I don't know if we've met anybody particularly yet who would be particularly good at chemistry or glass analysis. I mean, I think if you want to call for aid, there's a few people you could potentially reach out to. William, the customer service bureaumancer. Mm-hmm. Tan Man Stan. We haven't established a lot about him other than he was present at the PTA's annual fundraising gala and he wears a tan suit and I think carries a briefcase. Maybe that briefcase is full of chemicals. It could be. And sciencey stuff. Who knows? Could be maybe a teacher from the elementary school. Yeah. Or plot twist, C Mac. They did do a lot of good work with paintballs. Oh, you know who you could reach out to? Hmm. Principal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I mean, I'm tempted to go C-Mac or Principal, mostly because I'm hesitant to walk into City Hall to a Buromancer with the vial that they made that I have. And I mean, my fear is I'd walk in and be like, hey, why'd you guys make this? And they'd be like, hmm, give it here. And I'd be like, ah, oh, damn. Ooh, we've lost that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ah, oh, great. We're, we'll be taking that now. No further <laughs> questions. That's a pretty legitimate concern. I'd love to. My entropy sucks. I'd rather not go talk to Principal. I think we got off on the wrong foot when we kidnapped him. Fair. (laughs) (laughs) Valid. (laughs) Remind me, what did Tan Man Stan do for us? Tan Man Stan was present at the PTA's annual fundraising gala. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, he's the guy I saved. Yeah. Yes. I think you did save him, sort of. I tried, at least. Yeah. (laughs) I had him lose his watch and get out of there, but I think that saved him because he was being like dragged along by the clunkin axe yeah if i at least knew he was an underbelly and was a briefcase carrying person at a gala then he maybe isn't a chemist himself but maybe has connections on where to find where a thing came from trying to determine the history of this object is it old is it ancient is it a new contraption all that sort of thing so i think i'll go for tan man stan Duncan, you head out of your room at WSOM. As you're on your way out, you see Sebastian standing kind of pressed against the wall with a look of mild fear. And in the center of the room, you see the large immovable stone bearing the WSOM letters etched into it is glowing a virulent purple color. And your nose catches a whiff of ozone. Hmm. And although the on-air light over the broadcast booth is off, you can hear the sound of garbled human speech dribbling out through the speakers. Has it done that before? Not in your recollection. Great. Duncan! Uh, uh Seabass, yeah. Have you seen this before? No, I have not. I am troubled by this development. Yeah, one sec. Let me get a tape recorder on there. Uh, I'd like to splice in a recorder and just record what's coming through the speakers. It sounds very much like the ritual chanting in a long dead language, yeah. but it's maybe slightly more coherent, more organized, if not understandable, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's unintelligible to you. Gotcha. I set up a microphone pointing at the rock. Mm-hmm. I go, well, uh, welcome to somewhere, Strange Glow. You've been dormant for quite a while. If you'd like to say anything, uh, microphone is right here. Tap, tap. The voices just continue. <laughs> 
I gotta run a quick errand, Seabass. Do, do you want to keep an eye on this while I'm out? If I'm being honest, Duncan, I would rather not. But for the sake of our listeners and the truth, I will. I can always trust you, Seabass. Of course. Please come check on me in <laughs> about an hour or so. Yeah, this shouldn't take uh, this shouldn't take two seconds. Excellent. Can I borrow the bike? Yes, I won't be needing it. Great. I don't think it will allow me to escape fast enough if this goes badly. What do you think it's going to do? I'm unsure. Okay. Perhaps melt me? Okay. Maybe just stay in the broadcast booth? That's a good idea. I will Yeah. stay behind the protective glass. We will see what happens next. We got that spare metal sheeting we were going to put up for Jeremy. You can just, you know... Mm. Pin that up on the door, I suppose. Yes. Or maybe I'll make a protective dome over my head to protect me from the rays and the radiation. That sounds like a great idea. Yes. And he starts fashioning a little, it's not quite tin foil, but uh, the right. approximation is quite close. Right. I'd like to just clear a little space around the rock as well, because I'm sure things were kind of sitting on it, leaned up against it. Mm -hmm. uh, here in the entryway, I'd just like to uh, just tidy up a little bit around the rock in case it gets hot. Yeah, I think as you move those items, there's no heat coming off of it, but those items are like vibrating faintly as they're up against the rock. They stop vibrating when you move them, but you can tell that it's like oscillating mm. physically. Mm. Is there anything between it and the ceiling above? Like, I think it's in the floor. I think it's like set into the floor, basically. There's air between it and the ceiling. Gotcha, yeah. I move all my like model planes <laughs> <laughs> that are hanging on the ceiling. <laughs> and then I get on the purple WSOM bicycle that's got the middle triangle filled in with the logo. Incredible. Maybe it's got little LED lights on the wheels that as it spins, it says radio mm -hmm. somewhere around the wheel. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You hop on the bike and head away from WSOM. Where do you go looking for Tan Man Stan? Oh, boy. Well, I got to get to the back alley. He's probably there, yeah. That's my guess. I don't know exactly where, but he seemed like the person who doesn't have a brick and mortar establishment, but would maybe be going traveling mm -hmm. around. Is he a door to door salesman? He's a door to door something. <laughs> Incredible. I imagine you have an entrance to the back alley you use pretty regularly to WSOM. What does that one look like? Yeah, I think it's probably at the Sweet Flip skate park. Mm -hmm. there's like a rail that you can grind your skateboard on which is a thing i know about <laughs> <laughs> you can do sweet grinds on this rail but if you duck underneath it it is a passageway to the back alley love that you duck under the railing and you enter into the back alley so where do we find tan man stan today tan man stan is at the fountain he's not working today but he's got his briefcase and he's got like his feet in the water I feel like maybe a lot of people aren't working right now because there's a lot of repairs <laughs> happening around town. Yeah. Also, the like rates for what you should pay for things are all messed up. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Nobody knows what anything's worth anymore. Yeah. It's kind of a mess. The marketplace particularly is just kind of chaos. But Tan Man stands since he doesn't have a place in the marketplace. Cool and chill cucumber in the middle of this all. Yeah. So he's sitting at this fountain. The way I'm envisioning this fountain is like a large stone protrusion and then fountains that shoot off in a bunch of different directions, but the water moves in patterns that defy gravity. So what it mm. winds up looking like is this weird swirl that almost forms a sphere mm -hmm. betwixt two of those gravity defying streams of water. You see Tan Man Stan with his tan suit pants rolled up, his feet in the water. He's got his briefcase open and inside he has a sandwich, which he is snacking on. <laughs> yeah, I walk up and kind of like duck under one of the, one of the streams and kind of wave like, uh, Stan, right? And I offer my hand. Duncan Oliver, uh, WSOM radio somewhere. We met at the gala. You're that guy who saved me from the... What is everyone calling it? The Clunkin' Axe? Clunkin' Axe, yeah. Clunkamaxe? Clunkin' Axe. Max Clunk? No one really knows where that name came from. Uh, sorry about the <laughs> watch, by the way. It's all right. I have many wares. Make sure you're keeping them nicely separated. Ha 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 ha. 
He flips his briefcase to face you and you see it's got like cut up bits of envelopes from First Bank of Somewhere and fashioned into little dividers. <laughs> um, and you can see a, a, a variety of different strange items in there as well as a large hoagie. <laughs> oh, a mystical hoagie. I'm an expert in containers. <laughs> nobody ever <laughs> needs information insane. about containers, though, so nobody ever comes to me for information. Well, it's funny you say that. I have a question about a very specific container. He stands up and splashes in the fountain. <laughs> I've been waiting my whole life for this. <laughs> ask away. I think you're just the man to ask this. Have you ever seen anything like this? And I pull out the vial. Okay. Give me a roll to gather information. Plus underbelly. Plus underbelly. I have a plus one. That is a eight on the dice, so that is a nine. On a seven to nine, you learn something interesting, but it's up to you to make it useful. Well, let me tell you, sir, I am an expert in containers. And I've never seen this before. Hmm. So whatever you've got there is quite novel, well-built, but definitely new construction. Mm-hmm. And in my many years as a traveling salesperson, he puts a weird emphasis on the word traveling that you're not quite sure about. <laughs> as a traveling salesperson, I haven't seen anything like it. So how much do you want for it? Well, uh, not for sale, actually. I'm, I'm more looking for information. He pulls out a pocket knife. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, pull, I pull out my pocket knife. I have the same pocket knife. <laughs> The thing you learn here is that it's not old. It is mm -hmm. relatively new construction. It is one of a kind or close to it. Yeah. And he has never seen anything like it before. And as we have just established in this moment, Tan Man Stan is a reputable source <laughs> on containers of all varieties, yeah. mundane and supernatural. Container Stan. Hmm. You know, unfortunately, Principal, I think, would be a good source for why this was at the <laughs> school. That's where I found it. If you want to hit the streets again, you can. Yeesh. With entropy? Yeesh. Man, I could try to talk to C-Mac, but he hates me. Yeah, he does dislike you. But maybe he did... Oh, no, he definitely, I think, dislikes me more than Principal. Principal does not have an R next to their name on my sheet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I, think I'll, I, I think I'll thank Tan Man Stan and... Do I have to find out where Principal is? No, I think you would know Principal is at somewhere elementary. Okay, Principal retained their job somehow. Yeah. Sure. It's not his fault. Yeah, that's true. He was given a standard. I'll, yeah, I'll hop on the bike and head over to the elementary school. Smash cut to somewhere elementary. Boom. I imagine it feels a bit weird to be back. I don't know if you visited since the school was returned to its rightful place in time and space, but mm -mm. it looks very similar, and yet not horribly distorted by timelessness and the standard. Yeah, I feel like it's similar to if you go somewhere during the day for the first time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like there's light coming through the windows, actually, and not like mm -hmm. Eldritch Horrors. So you head through the halls, which are as normal as they usually are in somewhere. Of course. There are kids and teachers running around. You head back through the teacher's lounge, which is not a mural of teacher shapes, mm -hmm. and knock on the door and enter into principal's office. Principal looks up and waves his robotic hands with a little clink and says, Hello, Duncan. It is good to see you again. Likewise, Principal. Just have a quick question. Of course, please have a seat. How's your memory? Very good. I remember everything. I am a perfect robot. Would you like some tea? Oh, boy. No, thank you. Coffee? Yes. He pours you a cup of coffee. <laughs> thank Cream you. Cream and sugar? Mm, yes. Two scoops. He fixes your coffee. Ah, thank you. Principal. Yes, don't get in. If you recall, and I've got my little notepad out, but I don't have my tape recorder. This isn't a recorded interview. If you recall, when the elementary school used to not be there before it's there now, there was a series of objects here in the school. And I am just curious. I'm tracking down the origin of some of these. Do you know anything about this? The dimensional studies items. Yes, uh, this one in particular, and I pull out of my jacket pocket the vial. Interesting. Let me have a look. Give me a roll to gather information, plus entropy. Great. Now this one, I have a minus one. He kind of weirds me out. Entropic robots. Oh, no. Three. 
Principal takes it and it slips through his robotic hands and he says, oh, 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 no, oh, no. Attempting to catch it, he crushes the jar and it breaks into several pieces. Uh, um. Oh, no. I am sorry. Fuck. Sorry. Excuse me. Uh, I pull out a handkerchief and try to scoop up as much of the glass pieces. My hands were not meant for fine digital manipulation. Fine. Your hands weren't meant for digital manipulation? What are they meant? You're what are they a meant robot, for? Principal. He's got principal, like... Principal, sir. Pincer hands, basically. If oh, I, may, I see. If I may call you, sir. <laughs> that is unnecessary, but you may. Principal, <laughs> this has been a thoroughly disappointing conversation. I am very sorry. I am not up to standard. Uh, well, oh, well, um, well, hold on. Let's, uh, I check the windows. Before you get all standard again... Thank you very much, Principal. I collect the pieces that I can. Have a nice day, Duncan. I leave. <laughs> <laughs> hey, folks. Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode 21 of Monster Hour Absurdia. Uh, unfortunately, I and my family are dealing with a little bit of an illness here, so I'm going to keep this short and sweet and get you right back to it. As always, I want to thank everyone who's been helping to spread the word about the show by leaving us a rating and review, giving us a shout on social media, and going back in time to retroactively add to our follower count. Don't forget that if you tweet about the show using hashtag MonsterHourPod, you might wind up with a character named after you. I also want to give a special shout out this week to the newest members of WSOM's Eternal Pledge Drive, Strange Mama and Jojo. Thank you to all of our patrons for supporting the show and helping us bring you awesome bonus content. We just posted the outtakes from ARC 3, and I am working on my GM notes as we speak, so uh, if you want to support the show, you can head to patreon.com slash monsterhour or follow the link in the show notes. I think I think that's it. Uh, that's all I've got. <laughs> uh, tune in April 18th for the next broadcast of WSOM Radio Somewhere. Or is it? Claire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have just exited the Customer Service Bureau of City Hall, having received William's somewhat obtuse bureaucratic warning mm-hmm. that the city council is coming for you. What's new? <laughs> what are you up to now? Okay, if I know that city council is coming after me, I think Claire is probably going to shore up the support that she has. Where would that support be? That's what I'm trying to think. <laughs> Who likes Claire? Duncan. Duncan likes Claire. <laughs> oh, you know what? Here's what's going to happen. Claire has her platform to reach her Claregans. Um, I hate it. Thank you. Continue. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> she also s- sells a cardigan that says Claregan on it. <laughs> Claregans. A Claregan cardigan. Anyway, I think that she is going to call up Duncan Mm-hmm. and try to finagle her way onto the show to try to start currying some favor. You know, if city council is going to throw its weight around, Claire has numbers. City council has magic, but Claire has numbers. There's magic in numbers. There is. As Duncan is now a fervent believer. In. <laughs> oh, <Yes>. God. <laughs> <laughs> Beep, boop, boop, boop. Remember, phones don't work. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Yeah, I send him a sploot telling him, get my favorite chair ready. I'm coming to the station. Yeah, I get that sploot as I'm leaving this school and run into the like center post of the double doors. Because it, <laughs> ri- it sploots right to your eyelids. So I'm like trying That's to read true. that sploot. Quinn, is there such a thing as a direct sploot? Like a splooty? Uh, like like a, a DS? Yes, a, a DS, a, a direct DS. sploot. <laughs> yeah. It's either that or you'd sploot to all your followers and Duncan is reading like, oh, I guess you're coming to the station. If your sploot's open to DS, then you can receive a DS from someone. Okay. I'm going to venture a guess that Duncan doesn't know how to turn that feature off. Nope. Yeah. Uh, But I think, you know what? I think I do actually. I think I go live on sploot as I'm walking and I'm like, hey, Clarigans, just another wonderful day in the life of Claire. Gonna go hit up my favorite bud, Duncan, see what's going on on the airwaves. You know, there might be an announcement or two. Stay tuned. And then she closes the sploot. She sp- ends the live sploot. She ends, thank you. She ends the live sploot. So that is how Duncan finds out that Claire is on her way. <laughs> yeah. Great. I think the two of you arrive more or less at the same time at WSOM Radio Somewhere.
you open the doors to find the WSOM stone still glowing. Claire, welcome. Come on in. I got your message. Oh, yeah. I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. I meant to split you, but I just, you know, DSs are uh, limited. So, yeah, I figured you'd get the message. Well, you know, we've got a chair for you anytime. Do you want to run by what you're going to be plugging on the show this time? Because you did the womb simulator last time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and the chanting that we that we can't decipher definitely kicked in early. So I think they may have been listening and weren't <laughs> a fan. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, let's just find a quiet place. I I have a Duncan secret a Duncan, to tell you. A Duncan secret. Yes. Off the record. You know I love Duncan secrets. Got not your secrets. They're secrets for you. Let's be clear. I'm not going to tell you one of your secrets. That kind of defeats the purpose. Sure. Well, uh, step into my office. Does Duncan have an office? No, it's the it's the messy tinkering room slash bedroom. That's the third room of WSOM. <laughs> there's, okay. the, there's the entryway oh room with the stone. There's the broadcast booth. And then there's the other room. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I fill Duncan in on my conversation with Will, the Bureaumancer. Mm-hmm. And I also, I, I don't think I ever actually had the opportunity to fully catch Max or Duncan up on what was happening with the ink pen mm, yeah, at the, the library. library. No. Uh, real quick, Max, would you have gone to WSOM? Because <laughs> oh, yeah. Claire did a live broadcast. So if you want to be part of this, I think there's mm-hmm. no reason you couldn't have seen it. I think I probably would have been wandering that way anyway because I'm contemplating the fact that my watch is working and I don't want to be, I don't know, mad about Elodie. She makes me mad. (laughs) She makes me real mad in a way that I don't really want to feel like interrogating right now. And where do people go when they're mad? They turn to the radio. Yes, exactly. (laughs) You know who is always a friend in a time of need? Public radio. Hey! Yep. Yep. Okay. Yes. I make my way. This is good news. We're doing our pledge drive this week. Can I also say, I'm going to assume here that if Max was looking for a distraction, what better distraction than watching Claire make a buffoon of herself on live radio? Love it. Yeah. That'll that'll get rid of the weird, complicated feelings about LED. (laughs) At least for a minute. Yes. Excellent. So, Max, you arrive shortly thereafter. Also coming into the scene with the stone with WSOM etched on all sides, glowing a violent purple color and the smell of ozone and the sound of garbled human speech coming through the speakers. Ooh, love it. This Mm -hmm. feels like my scene, definitely. Ooh, three of us. Um, Hey! You two stay out here for a second. Let me just go uh, clear some space. And Duncan's going to (laughs) go... There's nothing he's intentionally trying to hide. There's literally not enough space. (laughs) (laughs) Don't touch the rock. Okay. Hey. Hey, Hey, Claire. uh, Do you know anything about time travel or space travel? Mm, I know about waking up in another time. The traveling part of it, no, not too much. Okay. All right. Sorry. You You know who does, though? I guarantee you the librarians. Oh, well, I wake up in you. a new time every morning, but I know what you mean. Uh, <laughs> yes. Another Duncanism. <laughs> I have a calendar of them. You gave it to me for Christmas. I know. It's such a great deal at the print shop. They made the tote bags too, you know. Oh, I've heard. They don't have fortune cookies in somewhere. They have bacon aphorisms. They, they have they have <laughs> Oliver Twists. <laughs> <laughs> That's where your life's about to get a plot twist. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they're delivered by a small gutterling named Oliver. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was making fun of my last name. But I oh, like that. Also delivered by Oliver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two separate Olivers, not related. Two separate Olivers. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That belongs in an Oliver twist. That's, um, that is good a good stuff. one. Good stuff there, Duncan. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I want to deal with a librarian. Oh, no, you absolutely should not. I'm just saying they have it written down. Let me tell you. And then I proceed to fill them in. Everything right. that happened at the library. On your library. All right, there's oh, yeah. enough space. Yeah. You can come on back here. Yeah, I say all of this out in the hallway. Okay. Smash cut. And then, <laughs> smash cut. We enter the room. It's like we've all entered a, I assume it's kind of like we've all entered a supply closet. So we're almost shoulder and shoulder. A little bit. So there's like a, a wall of, of little drawers and a pet and pegboard covered in stuff. 
And there's a desk that is also mostly covered in stuff, except there's a little space cleared in case you need to put anything down. And then Duncan is sitting on the bed and he's cleared the floor enough for like two cushions. <laughs> Duncan, are the crystals also in your room? The crystals? Yeah, they're like crystals that are hooked up to the wiring that oh. is part of your broadcast system. Yes, that's right. This, yeah, this back room has, has the equipment. <laughs> yeah, that I think is covering the wall. I think the wall, maybe one wall's got the desk and a pegboard above it, and the other wall has glowing crystals, a rat's nest of wires, and about 200 knobs and levers. Yeah, all of those crystals are pulsing a bright purple color. Hmm. Ooh, I go up and like go to try and touch one. Quinn, is that a good idea or a bad idea? Are you doing it? <laughs> I'm reaching out towards it, Duncan. All right, Max, Max, they're uh, uh, pretty fragile. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Uh, same rules as the rock. We're not really sure. Uh, they're vibrating, though. Check this out. And I grab a tuning fork and just stick the stem of it against the crystal. Yeah, it starts vibrating. You touched it. Why can't I touch it? Not directly. Look, I had a bad batch of jade eggs that when I touched them, burned my skin right off for three whole months. Damn. Just kept burning them off. So, you know, I would just advise against touching stones that um, you don't know their provenance. Fine. Do you need a fidget, Max? Yes. I got a lot of fidgets. Yes. Give me something to, because to, otherwise I'm going to touch the crystals. I'm going to touch your crystals. I'm going to yeah. do it. I'm going to do I it. I give you like a series of little magnetic rods that kind of oh, click yes. apart Love it. together. Yep. Yep. Claire okay. makes a note to make her own branded fidget. <laughs> oh, item. good idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, now that we've all gotten comfortable and she kind of like awkwardly shifts her weight from one leg to the other, clearly not comfortable mm -hmm. in this room. Uh -huh. Yeah, this is probably as far away from the Claire aesthetic Yeah, <laughs> no, I think Claire has not touched a single thing in this room and not out of precaution, out of general disgust. Uh, <laughs> okay, so she, she kind of like looks at the two of you and goes, all right. Well, uh, you're both uh, now caught up on what's going on at the library and um, wild. Rudy. Have you heard from Walker since? No. Mm. We'll see what happens there. I'm not. I'm not worried about Walker at the moment. I'm more worried about the fact that um, after all of that, I had a source within the city tell me that um you know blah 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 blah. Long story short, city council is coming after me. Wait, what? Yeah. So apparently they're Shit. they're coming after me. I should be prepared for them to come after me soon. I'm not entirely sure what that means or in what way. I mean, I certainly owe a lot of taxes. D just don't pay your taxes. It's fine. It's fine. You don't need to pay your taxes. It's fine. What? Nope. I don't pay your taxes. We're going to come back to that. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> don't pay your taxes. Seabass. <laughs> hey, private route. Seabass. Out of here. <laughs> Sorry. No, normally I don't pay my taxes, but given the many, many potential lawsuits related to misunderstandings about the application and efficacy of various products, I pay my taxes because I don't want to make it easy for anyone to prosecute me. So that's why I pay my taxes. But, you know, otherwise, totally agree. Not worth it. Why mm -hmm. would you? Yeah. I have a feeling this will be worse than that, mainly because being who informed me that council's coming after me, probably more in the category of like coming after me means death than bureaucratic paperwork. Can, so, can you can you die? Are you really <laughs> Claire, are you alive? That's a great question. I don't know. Like I see you and you're talking to me, but like, are you alive? And I go up and I poke Claire. Claire pulls out a wipe and wipes her jacket. <laughs> yes, I am physically here. Now, whether or not I'm alive is debated, both in literature and uh, by those around me. I, frankly, I'm yes, more of a live-in-the-moment. Yes. I practice a <laughs> lot of mindfulness, and that's kind of where I've left it. I'm not too concerned about it at the moment. I'm more concerned about... We've gotten into some things together, the three of us. I, I'm normally a solo operation, but here we are. We've done some things. We've been entombed in statue together, 
as an entity of three. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine that if city council comes after me, it's implied that they might also come after either of you. So me? why? Mm, association. Claire, what did you do? Claire. I mean, Claire. I honestly, Claire, I should answer what, what you... I haven't done. I don't what? know what. which particular thing I've done that would piss them off the most. (laughs) I'd say the library incident is probably top of mind, but you know, who knows? So I woke up with this like weird feeling in my heart area where I felt like I needed to warn you both. Like I would feel not great if I didn't tell you it. I'm, I'm still learning what that all means but walker and i have talked about feelings before and they've mentioned that caring about people involves some bad emotions around obligations or i felt like i needed to tell you both that this is a thing it's that feeling you get when you did something wrong and you know you got to fix it and you feel kind of cruddy about having to fix it but you know you got to fix it right that's the feeling yep Yep, yep, yep. Well, it's more concern. I personally don't think I've done anything wrong. Oh, okay. In life. Ever. I think all my choices were the right choices, yes. Mm, mm -hmm. It's why I sleep very soundly. Insert Claire has done nothing wrong meme, but it's just a picture (laughs) of Claire pointing to the text saying Claire has done nothing wrong. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, You know, could I have made smarter choices certainly but none of them in my book were morally apprehensible so Hmm. so in the past is the past and we've made decisions in the past and we do have to come to terms with those from time to time but that hasn't been my experience but uh sometimes you can go back into the past what and yes you seem to be really fixated on the past yes something you want to share how do you go back the bus I was on the bus, and it went back two hours. So right now, you're seeing Max from the future, ah? So what you're saying is that you found one of the best anti-aging creams available. (laughs) You are not marketing the bus, Claire. The bus is not, no, no. How difficult would it be to turn the bus into a spa? Very difficult, as it eats people sometimes. I mean, everything we do for beauty also involves some pain. Okay, so let's revisit what exactly the city council praise be. is going to do to you. Claire notably does not say praise be. Right. <laughs> it's at this moment, y'all notice the crystals have stopped glowing. Oh, we hmm. broke them. No, they usually don't glow. Oh, hmm. we unbroke them. We fixed them. Yay! Uh, I'm just going to tap on the crystals. Touching them is fine. I touch them all the time. What? (laughs) (laughs) Max goes up and touches five of them. Nope, nothing happens. One second, you two. I peek out the door. Is the stone glowing? No. The station appears to have returned to normal. Seabass? Duncan! Everything check out? All clear. All right. The speakers, I presume, are not babbling anymore. No. Uh, I stopped that recording. Okay. And just bring it back in the room. All right. Uh, where were we? City Council? Praise me. So, the way I see it, bureaucracy has been true to their nature, keeping a lot of secrets from us and the good citizens of somewhere. You remember that vial that held screaming fog in the school? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I take the pieces of it back out and kind of lay them on the table. Turns out that's a bureaucracy maid. Came straight out of City Hall. So I have questions of my own, and Claire, you have the full support of the station for whatever broadcast you already said you were going to make. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> well, as someone who's never made a wrong choice in her life, I feel fairly confident that my next move should be to provoke city council. So I think I should get on air and announce my run for city council. I think Claire looks both at Max and at Duncan, waiting for either of them to have objections. If not, she will carry on with her Fakafta plan. Max just kind of shrugs. Okay. I don't think there's any talking Claire out of this. Is there, Tio? Would there be anything that we could do to convince you not to do this? 
Just a quick aside, I will note for all of you, and I don't think this will change Claire's mind, but just so everyone knows, <laughs> in all of your time in somewhere, you've never recalled there being an election for the city council. Oh, huh. I think Claire just kind of looks around and goes, seeing no objections. See, look, I'm already a council member. Claire had, knows nothing about how council works. <laughs> she knows nothing about Robert's rules. She knows nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to pull you aside right before you go into the booth and say, Claire, there's never been an election. The people of this town are willful and strong hearted, but can be a little skittish. So try not to scare them. Mm, you're asking me not to be scary. I will do my best. Just you know, friend to a friend, if you're calling for support, this has never happened before. Yes. All yes, right. yes. Go get him. Two thumbs up. Yep. Go, go do it. Mm-hmm. All right. And when yeah. you're ready, I hit like six buttons, flip three levers, turn a dial, and the on-air sign pops on. Hello, this is Duncan Oliver with WSOM Radio Somewhere, bringing to you a breaking bulletin. Change is a coming to somewhere. And change isn't a bad thing. It can be a good thing. Here to bring you an announcement, your favorite wellness witch, Claire Claremont. <laughs> Hello, Clarigans and soon-to-be Clarigans. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. am indeed here at our wonderful Somewhere radio station with the ineffable Duncan Oliver. I wanted to speak to you today, citizen to citizen. Note, narrator, Claire does not know what a citizen is or isn't, just has heard that term often. <laughs> You know, just one neighbor to another neighbor. Over the last couple of months, Duncan, myself, and others, Claire does not mention Max by name, she assumes Max doesn't want that, have gotten the opportunity to really see how our town functions. You may have heard that we brought the school back, the PTA bringing us in to solve a problem they could not themselves. We also helped save the economy of somewhere and in the process launched what may be the greatest innovation of our time, ClareCoin. (laughs) Throughout all of these adventures and experiences interacting with our dear city council, it has become clear to me that this town is ready for a makeover. And what is the first rule of makeovers, Clarigans? You have to exfoliate. You have to brush off that dead skin, really let that new epidermis or whatever you have there in that space on your facial area shine. It's going to hurt a little. It's going to sting, depending on which of my 43 different exfoliants you use, and you should be using at least a 12-step process at this point, it may even scream at you. But that's all part of the process. That's part of how change happens. And that's what our town needs. We need a little bit of skincare. We need that first step in the makeover. And for that reason, I am announcing my run to become a member of our dear city council. Now, you might be thinking, what does that mean? How does one run for city council? Is it a 5K? Should I set up on the sidelines to cheer you on? No, no, dear neighbors. This is how broken our town is. We don't even own the exfoliants ourselves. They simply don't exist in our toolkit. So just like when you need to make a new purchase, you go to ClaireClaremont.com, ClaireClaremont.biz, or ClaireClaremont.ly. <laughs> I'm here. Claire Montley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm here to give you the tools for that first step of your makeover. I'm here to tell you that the way we get change in this town, the way that we propel ourselves forward for a better future for somewhere is by holding our very first election for city council. Praise be! And electing me, your friendly neighborhood wellness witch, to that city council. Praise Praise be. And praise me, if you vote for me. (laughs) Again, this is scary, it's stingy, it's itchy, it might scream at you, and it might even steal your children. We don't know what council might do. 
but I am here for you every step of the way, just like I did a live feed every day of my 48-day octopus blood-sucking challenge. I will be there for you every day of this exfoliating makeover election process because you know there is not a single product that I sell that I don't stand behind and democracy is no exception. I will be posting a link on the blog soon about next steps. And for everyone who has already invested in ClaireCoin, you will be, of course, receiving instructions early, about a day early than everybody else. So if you want to get in on the ground floor of this, you really should sign up for ClaireCoin today so that you get that next step in our process towards democracy, probably within 24 hours, most likely asterisk holding here for all sorts of legal language that I'm not going to bother to say, but you all know it. It's all over the website. And with that, I'm going to hand it back off to another one of our wonderful neighbors, Duncan, who is about to say why he is voting for me, Claire Claremont, the city council. Thank you. Praise me. Thank you, Claire. And I love the plug. As you know, as a, as a journalist, I have to maintain journalistic integrity and so cannot announce who I will be voting for, but you make a compelling case. Citizens, as you know, we have not had an election of any sort for city council, praise be, in recorded history. But a council, as you know, is an assembly or meeting for consultation, advice or discussion, a group elected or appointed as an advisory or legislative body. And as such, there surely must be members of city council, praise be, even though we may not entirely know who or how many there are. Therefore, it stands to reason that there must be some sort of process to amend that collection, that membership body. And by golly, my word as your host, we will discover that method. And Claire Claremont, as you have just heard, has announced her candidacy for this administrative body. Thank you very much, Claire. Happy to be here. Always with you. Bye, Claire Coyne. Oh, and vote for me. <laughs> We understand that it is maybe a trying and terrifying time, what with the recent rampage of the Clunkanacks, the chaos surrounding the return of the elementary school, and of course the return of public transit to our fine city of somewhere. I counsel everyone to reach back into your own memory, what may it be, and try to recall who is involved in those rescues. If you have any questions, me. please feel free to call out to the station. We will do our best to find the answers. And if you do have an answer, we are all ears. This has been, as always, your humble host, Duncan Oliver for WSOM Radio Somewhere. Switch, 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 knob, button, button, switch, knob, tune down, big Frankenstein lever, the on-air light goes out. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a lot to turn this whole system on and off if the voices don't take over. If they take over, then there's nothing you can do. Those are also safety protocols, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Those, those are all to stop those voices from getting all the way uh -huh. through. That's uh -huh. fair. Well done. Duncan, as you take the station off air, there is a swift and heavy knock at the door that shakes the entire station to its foundation. Jesus. Sebastian, you want to take over here? Hold on. That is a official press release. Damn. Okay. We both ought to be present for that then. Claire, here, if you just hold this knob, don't let it, it's going to try to turn. Just don't let it turn. Okay. And we'll be right back. She puts gloves on to hold the knob. That's smart. You and Sebastian walk to the front door of the station and underneath is a piece of paper and you see it has the city of somewhere seal. Yeah. We link arms as we always do and open it together. One, two, two three. three. <gasps> You lift it up and withdraw the missive emblazoned with the seal. And at the very top, it says, public notice of election. Wow, that was fast. Dang. We bring this into the stone room and say, Claire, okay, one second. I, I just go, I help Claire turn the things off. Takes another minute or so, but then we can all gather in the stone rooms. Like, you're going to want to see this. The press release says, notice of election. By order and supreme graciousness of the city council, there is hereby to be held an election for one, parentheses, number one, and parentheses, seat amongst somewhere's most esteemed body politic. Per the city charter, most consecrated of all codes, the vote shall be held two weeks hence, rather than yesterday, to allow time for candidates to declare and campaign. The candidate receiving the most votes shall join the council. 
the candidate receiving the least votes shall be banished from town by way of the screaming fog. Voting is mandatory. As is customary, candidates shall be invited to compete in a series of challenges to demonstrate their governing prowess. These challenges will be set by the producers and broadcast on Surreality TV's Candidate Survivor. May the polls be ever in your favor.